Tuesday, May 1st. Al Melchior went to the Marlins game yesterday and lived to tell about it. How'd that go? Well, not so good for the Marlins, but no. it was really great uh, to go check out the new ballpark. Almost made up for the loss by the Marlins. So you're a big fan of the ballpark. Big fan of the ballpark. Even the home run sculpture, if you see it in context, <laughs> in context. Al- almost in makes con- sense. <laughs> What's the context? The context is, okay, so it's this big, bright, you know, loud thing. But it incorporates, you know, they got this kind of loud color scheme in the ballpark. It, it, it fits it. So okay. it, it makes a little more sense. Scott, have you been there yet? Haven't been there yet. But I understand what he's saying about the home run sculpture, just having seen it on TV and, mm-hmm. and seen yeah, shots, even with the seats empty. You, you kind of see it there, and you're like, oh, that's not really that bad. No, I mean, whatever. I'm over it at this point. It's <laughs> just kind of there. We're going to talk about Heath Bell and his latest implosion as he was bad again. Hugh Darvish was awesome. Andrew McCutcheon wasn't. Ryan Braun and David Ortiz combined for five home runs. Is Pedro Alvarez good all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. The most added and most drop list and much more today. Your emails later on at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com and get all your News updates if you follow at CBS Fantasy BB on Twitter and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball. Some stats of the day, fellas. Stat of the day number one. We know Albert Pujols went homerless in April, but this was Mark Reynolds' first April without a home run. He is striking out in like half as it bats. <laughs> he has been terrible. Keep him or, or drop him, Scott. Well, this isn't entirely unprecedented for Mark Reynolds. He hit 169 last April, and just knowing how often he strikes out, he's going to have stretches like this. So I would probably try to keep him if I could. That said, the Orioles have shied away from playing him every day recently, and and if they they grow tired of him and, and don't let him dig himself out of this, that could lead to some troubles down the line. Do we like Wilson Betamete in deep leagues? I yeah. absolutely do, yeah. Okay. Could be a guy to take a shot on. He might get more and more playing time if Reynolds keeps stinking. Stat of the day number two, Ryan Braun is the first player to hit three home runs and a triple in one game since Fred Lynn in 1975. Ryan Braun or Fred Lynn? This year. This year. Probably Braun. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll go with Braun. Uh, Ryan Braun with a big day. What are your thoughts on Braun? Well, I was I, nah, I can't even say I was worried. I just disappointed with uh, how he came out of the gates. So obviously, this is something that I'm happy to see as I've got him in a few leagues. And uh, yeah, no, I think Braun, when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the top you know four or five producers in fantasy. Yeah, I scrambled to the computer this morning to check and make sure I wasn't playing against Ryan Braun. Did you mention this was at Petco? This was at Petco. That's and, impressive. Uh, and yeah. two of, two of the homers were over 400 feet. And then he almost home one again. Was, one was opposite way. Yeah. I think the longest one. And his triple yeah. was deep to right center. Right. It, yeah, it was almost four home runs, like he said. Um, and I, you know, so I woke up and I was like, "All right, well, I got to work." And I said, "I got to check see if I played against Ryan Braun." And thankfully, I didn't. But I played against David Ortiz yeah. <laughs> in the podcast league, so I'm in a bit of a hole. All right, let's go three up, three down. Three up, number one is David Ortiz. He homered off the lefty Tommy Malone. The first hit that uh, Malone gave to a lefty all year, I think 0 for 12 before that. And then he hit another one later. Scott, David Ortiz, thoughts? He's awesome. I, I think he was underrated coming into the season, but we saw last year he, he figured out how to hit left-handers. I think actually had a higher OPS against them than the righties. Obviously, this is carrying over 
this year with the two homers off Malone. He's hitting over 400 on the season. He's not going to hit over 400, but I, I think stud David Ortiz as opposed to that semi-stud we saw a couple years ago is what you can expect this year. Pedro Alvarez hit his fifth home run. He's getting hot, and it was a two-run homer off of a lefty, Mike Miner. That was the first home run he hit off a lefty this year. Uh, Pedro Alvarez is owned in 27% of leagues. What do you guys think about him right now? I think that's about where Pedro Alvarez's ownership rate should stay because we are getting the homers. We didn't even get that last year, so that's a good thing. But um, he's not producing anything else. (laughs) And if you had to take a wild guess in terms of what's going on with his trends, I'm sure you could guess because he's giving you home runs. He's not giving you anything else in terms of base base hits production. Lots of strikeouts, lots of fly, fly balls. balls. So you know that's not. So a you're not buying run. this. You're not buying this as a, a, a renaissance for Pedro Alvarez. No, nah, not yet. I mean, if he continues this way, then it's it's a it's a recipe for you know Aaron Hill at third base, basically, nah. um, and the bad Aaron Hill. Well, what about Mark Reynolds? Like, could he be another Mark Reynolds if he keeps this going? Uh, as opposed to Aaron Hill, I just right. No, yeah, that's a better comparison, obviously. So, yeah, actually, that's that's sort of where he's headed right now. Which wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, but yeah, like you say, we got to see a lot more of it before we go that route. He's probably still going to sit against lefties, Pedro Alvarez. Um, or no, I, he'd, he's been playing some against lefties. Maybe sitting strategically against certain ones. Uh. But as badly as they need offense, I, I would think they they try to get him in as much as possible. And Mike Miner is no Cliff Lee, is he? Mm. <laughs> uh, Brewers shortstop Alex Gonzalez is three up number three. Alex Gonzalez has 14 RBIs. That is the second most for a shortstop behind Mike Avilas. Uh, he's a top 10 shortstop in head-to-head, and he's number 11 in Roto, and he's owning 30% of leagues. Alex Gonzalez, anyone want in? No, mm. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think we, we pretty much know who Alex Gonzalez is right now. Uh, Gonzalez or Jed Lowry? Lowry by a lot. Somebody picked him up in the podcast league. Pretty disappointed. He's playing well right now. Not not in the person picking him up, but that I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be the person picking him up. Uh, Gonzalez or Fercal? Fercal. Alex Gonzalez or Ruben Tejada? That's close. Yeah, that's... I'll, I'll go Gonzalez because there is some power there. Um, yeah, and that's better than the almost nothing Tejada provides. Three down, three down. Number one is Andrew McCutcheon. He doesn't have a home run yet, and only seven RBIs. Scott, are you worried? I hmm, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you thought about it for a second. <laughs> well, I, you know, you know what I was thinking <laughs> while I paused. I saw the RBIs here, and I'm like, when did I, when did Adam Azer break with the CBS? Sports.com style of going RBI. Is that what we RBIs. do now? Yeah. Well, it's, since I've been here, that's what we've done. We had. I never knew. Should I go RBI? I. Well, I mean, it's different, I guess, conversationally than writing it out. But they. they yeah, that's do. the thing. That's it is different. But uh, I, I, I guess I, I've just trained myself to say RBI since that's what I always have to write. I actually think I might be wrong. He might have eight RBIs. Um, but yeah, getting getting back to the the topic <laughs> at hand, fantasy baseball, uh, and not silly style rules. Andrew McCutcheon is, uh, I I feel like he's doing pretty well aside from the homers, and it's not like it's not like his power suddenly going to disappear. So no, I'm not worried at all. Now to be fair, I did 
put the apostrophe in the right place in the word doesn't in the notes. You so did. I just want to yeah. I just want to point that out. You did. <laughs> Didn't fail at everything today. Uh, three down number two is Ryan Roberts. He's owned in seventy percent of leagues. He's batting one fifty two out with a home run, eight RBIs and two steals. Is he over owned? No, actually, I still think that's about right. Because actually, if things were going well for Roberts, I think he should be closer to 80 85%. So uh, I think you can give him a little bit of slack for, for having a bad April. But I still think that um, this is just a bad month for Roberts, and he'll be okay. I'm not entirely of the belief of that belief. Cody Ransom. <laughs> Cody Ransom's been playing a lot more than Roberts at third base lately and playing pretty well. Hit a home run yesterday, I know. Uh, and and uh, Roberts, yeah, played second in that yeah, game. Yeah, but just the fact that they're they're they've toyed with Ransom there, who you know is this thirty-five-year-old journeyman, whatever, good minor league stats. But you have Ryan Wheeler at AAA. You got Mark Davidson absolutely tearing it up at AA. Uh, I think uh, considering Roberts has had contact issues even last year, I, I could see this leading to him becoming more of a utility player and then you being in trouble. I, I would drop him over Mark Reynolds, let's say. I, I have, I have uh, more confidence in – I have more faith in Reynolds bouncing back than Roberts. Al? Yeah, and actually you said you know, he's had contact issues. He did in a small sample two years ago, but generally speaking, he's actually been a pretty decent – not a great, but a decent contact hitter. So the issue really is the power, well, which just no, hasn't I, been there. I guess when I – I meant batting average more than swinging okay. and missing, yeah. I guess. I should clarify. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely fair. Uh, I just – I like his power. And, you know, hearing you talk about the potential playing time squeeze, that actually did give me a little, little twinge of concern because the organization – you know, historically, I feel like has not given Roberts a chance at times when he's deserved it. But the organization is different now. I mean, you've got some different yeah. people there. Um, but the, the the point is well taken. I just think that you know the power skills have been there for a while, so they're gonna if they don't show themselves soon. I agree, he could be in trouble. But there's no reason to think that he can't turn it around quickly. Uh, would you drop him for Sean Figgins? I would not. No. No. For Chipper Jones, I would probably wouldn't do that either. Chipper Jones is sitting every fourth day. Heath Bell, what the hell? <laughs> How about that? This was a non-save situation. You know, guys, they just you can't put them in in non-save situations. Closers have no idea what's going on. They're like, what? Not a save situation? But he allowed two runs, and now his ERA is over 10. See, here, here's my take on it. I was glad to see Heath Bell come into that ball game, um, and not because I thought it was a lost cause, because it was a two-run game in the eighth inning at that point. I thought the Marlins had a chance to rally. But my beef with how Bell had been used is that the Marlins haven't had that many save opportunities, and I thought maybe he was rusty, and that's why he was terrible. So Ozzie Guillen did exactly what I wanted him to do, which was bring Heath Bell into that kind of situation, and it was the same Heath Bell who just had absolutely <laughs> no command at all. So um, I'm actually of the belief now that maybe now and certainly maybe after one more opportunity, he needs to go into a, a lower leverage role. He really does because I have faith that Edward Mujica or Steve Ciszek could handle the closer's role better at this point. I'd like to see them give Mujica a shot and give Bell a chance to kind of chill out in uh, a setup or middle relief role. Well, while you were partying at the Marlins game yesterday, we were podcasting. Well, actually, it was a little bit earlier. I don't think you were tailgating or anything for the no. Marlins game. But uh, one of the questions was about uh, picking up a, a guy that could potentially be a closer. Like, who would you take a shot on? Which uh, middle reliever would you take a shot on right now? So if there was somebody on the Marlins, you'd go with Mujica? 
Yeah, and that's well, you know, I was gonna say it's more of a personal preference, but actually, Ozzie Guillen does seem to be using him closer to the ninth inning than Ciszek. Uh At least that's my perception without you know really looking at what what's happened. Um, so my my gut instinct is to say uh, Mujica over Ciszek. Rotation time. You Darvish, I love him. I mean, I love watching him, and he was a lot of fun again last night. I watched uh, you know some of this game. And the Rangers with another win because they're incredible. But Darvish, we're starting to see the control now. 62 strikes and 97 pitches, seven innings, two walks, four hits, nine strikeouts, and only one earned run in Toronto. And he's now 4-0, Scott, with a 2.18 ERA. Are you buying this from you, Darvish? I think I can buy it now. Back-to-back yeah. starts. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to go in after one start. But, yeah, he seems to be attacking the strike zone the way he needs to to have success in the majors. And, it, you know, the stuff speaks for itself. Yeah, I, was, I remember just so disappointed at this first start. I was so down <laughs> on him. And I feel so stupid. All right, if we redrafted today, season starts today, how much higher does Darvish go? For me, considerably, because I probably would have drafted him as maybe a number four starter, being very conservative. Not necessarily think that was his ceiling, but being very conservative, I would with confidence now draft him as a number two starter. Yeah, no, I pretty much agree. I think I was a little higher than you coming in, but number two now sounds about right. Maybe top 15 even. Yeah, wow. Uh, Al, big week for the Orioles pitchers. Uh, big week for the Orioles because they entered this week in first place, and they're still, I think, tied for first place because the Rays no, the Rays won. So they're a game back of, of uh, the Rays. And they got the Yankees on the road and the Red Sox on the road. So we're going to find out a lot more about the O's. And Jason Hamill... He's 3-1 and one with a 1.97 ERA. He survived yesterday. Six innings in Yankee Stadium, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. He took the loss. But this is a guy who's owned in 79% of leagues, started in 57%. I can understand people would have been hesitant this week in the two-start week seeing at the Yankees and at the Red Sox. But this is a good – this is encouraging, isn't it? Well, very encouraging. And you, you talk about those ownership numbers. And I think those probably are inflated a little bit by the two-start week because even though those are two tough matchups that he has, uh, I think a lot of people were, were rolling the dice with him. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, this is a far better performance than I expected from yeah, Hamill uh, against the Yankees. So we'll the see. Sinker. He's a new pitcher. Yeah. New pitch, new pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying Hamill completely. Yeah, completely. If, if he's out there in one of my leagues, he's not going to be for long because I'm picking him up. <laughs> okay. You got to get there before somebody Jed Lowry's uh, you. <laughs> well, yeah. No, actually, the guy who owned him in the podcast league did just what Al was talking about, picked him up for the two-star week and dropped him, I guess, before he even made this start. Uh-huh. My claim's already in, people. Okay, good, <laughs> beat, good. Beat me to him. Uh, Kyle Drabeck, who's buying him? I picked him up in the podcast league. I dropped Jake Arrieta for him, and I like the strikeout. He struck out eight against Texas last night, allowed two runs in six innings, and he has Minnesota next week. He's got a two-star week this week, but um, who's, who's buying Kyle Drabeck? I think I'm renting still, <laughs> uh, but that's good because at least, you know, I, I want something there uh, as opposed to, you know, a week or two ago where I was still, you know, kind of keeping my distance from Kyle Drayback. And like you, Adam, I watched a little bit of that game last night. And the thing is that it's probably unfair because I really felt like Drayback sort of paled a comparison to you, Darvish. It's not really a, a fair comparison, but he's certainly uh, much better than the guy we saw this time a year ago. Uh, Hamill or Drayback? Uh Hamill. You know I'm going ham. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Miner, is he droppable? 
He's owning 90% of leagues. His ERA is pretty bad, but his whip's still good. He's striking out guys. Yeah. He had a bad start yesterday. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I would guess it was just the one bad start inflating his ERA. I thought he had two. No, uh, no. I, I think I think his first start was pretty. Uh, not as bad as this one, but not great either. Hey, computer but I, man. I'm still. Yeah, well, what actually, <laughs> just had his page up, so I could pull that up pretty quick here. Okay, I, I'm still buying Mike Marner. I'm, I think uh, the I think it was three starts. Yeah, well, Computer Man's pulling it up. I think three good starts in between <laughs> overshadowed the two not so good. And you know, I I like the stuff to begin with. Good strikeout to walk ratios, particularly for a young left-hander. And uh, I, I still see him as as the fourth or fifth starter of a standard mixed league rotation. And I agree with all that. And uh, yeah, Scott, you're right. First bad first start against the Mets. Six earned runs. Only made it five innings, then three uh, quality starts in a row, and very, very good quality starts. And then, you know, uh, against the Pirates, still nine strikeouts, three walks, um, but just a lot of, you know, runs given up with, with the two homers. So, and he's got uh, Coors Field for his next stop. So this could just be yeah. a brutal week for Minor. Uh, that, that was, I guess, the guy you should have sat for the two-star week. <laughs> I didn't, but... Um. Well, I thought it was going to be one of those <laughs> deals where he would do just well enough in this start yeah. against the Pirates to... to Make up for the the course start, but it's probably going to be a lost week for Miner. But it's, it's <laughs> and really you never know. I mean, he'll throw you, seven awesome innings at Coors. That's now. true. That's true. You, you <laughs> don't. But uh, no, you shouldn't drop Miner. You know what I find interesting about Al? He's able to look things up while still listening to people. I couldn't do that. Like that, you're you you're looking you're looking up his page and you're like, yeah, I agree with everything you said, Scott. And I was like, I wouldn't be. I was just able bluffing. To I have no idea what Scott said. <laughs> just confidential skill. <laughs> Uh, Juan Nicasio is fifth in the rotation today. Last two starts, 12 and two-thirds, three earned runs, nine strikeouts. Ton of hits. 18 hits. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what do you make of that? He's owned 31% of leagues. I make of it, I'm not interested in picking him up. <laughs> not not in standard mixed anyway. He's, he's, there's worse options out there, but he, he hasn't wowed me yet. Nicasio or Chris Capuano? Nicasio for me. I I might actually lean a little toward Capuano while he's while he has the strikeout rate going now, and I, I say that knowing Al's always been a big Capuano fan. Uh, Nicasio or Chassin? Uh, I think Nicasio. I I definitely give Chassin the edge there. Oh. That, that that shocks me because I generally like Chassin a lot better than Scott does. So I'm not sure. I guess that just means I, I, I like, like Nicasio. I don't feel like I dislike Chassin. No, I think I just I think I like him a little more than most, but okay. I like Nicasio a little bit better. Okay, better control. We've got a lot of injuries to talk about here. Josh Hamilton, day-to-day with a back injury. Jason Hayward, oblique soreness. Evan Longoria hurt himself sliding into second. He has left knee soreness. He's day-to-day. Justin Morneau has a sore left wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Beltre might miss Tuesday's game with a leg injury. He, obvi- he apparently didn't respond very well to being on the turf. Joe Maurer is day-to-day. But, so we're looking at Hamilton, Hayward, Longoria, Morneau, Beltre, Maurer. Who concerns you here? I would say more no because it's the same risk that he had surgery on last fall. He is getting it checked out today, being Tuesday. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, and uh, it's the Maurer injury, like you says, day to day. But that's a, sort of an interesting situation there, at least in the short term and maybe long term, because if both of those guys are out, I mean, you, you know, you've got parts that can be shifted around with you know Domit catching yeah. and Maurer playing DH. But if Maurer can't play DH, then you know who do you plug in there and so it's a situation definitely, definitely to watch, and Trevor Plouffe wins somehow in that whole mix. <laughs> I think Maurer just fouled the ball off his knee, right? 
Is that what happened? I, th- I think that's what happened. So I don't know. That one didn't come. Did that one didn't stand out to yeah. me as the most alarming for me? No. It was the more no one. Yeah, no, absolutely the more no one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right about that, Al. Uh, anything else? Longoria, you know, Longoria's slide looked pretty bad. Uh, it looked pretty painful. They say he's day to day. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, you know, keep an eye on it. FantasyNews.CBSSports.com. Nick Swisher probably out all week, even though he says he wants to return against the Royals this week. That's not going to happen, most likely. Delman Young suspended seven games. He's on the most drop list, so we'll talk about him a little bit later. The Rays signed Hideki Matsui. Does anyone care? I don't think so. I don't see him playing unless a a rash of injuries happens. Lucas Duda has flu-like symptoms. Rockies pitchers Jorge De La Rosa and Josh Outman left extended spring training for rehab assignments. Should either guy be on fantasy owners' radars, De La Rosa and Outman? De La Rosa, yeah. Yeah, he's going to get strikeouts. Uh, the whip might be a little too high in the current state of pitching versus hitting around the league. But he, he used to be a decent middle rotation option in fantasy. Brad Lidge out at least three weeks after hernia surgery, and Doug Fister should start Monday against Seattle. So you'll get a little two-start week out of Doug Fister, who's owned in 90% of leagues. Some more from around baseball, and then we'll get into the most added and most dropped, and then your emails... Jordan Schaefer, I kind of wanted to put him in three up, but I, I didn't, I couldn't. Just too many good people yesterday. Uh, Schaefer's owned in 59% of leagues. He has reached base safely in every game this season. Really? Eight steals. And then I, this, you know, for me, I always overlook this stat. 17 runs. People, I feel like they don't look at runs scored sometimes. Uh, he's a top 10 roto outfielder, and Schaefer is 30th in head-to-head. So a big difference yeah. there. Which you uh, would expect that gap with him. But th- there's a lot of surprises in this. Um, the, the 276 batting average uh, is higher than I would have thought, which I know is not an overwhelming batting average. But, you know, maybe he's finally leveraging his speed in, into some infield hits. Uh, the reaching base safely every game is a very big mm-hmm. surprise. Uh, 17 runs is, is worth pointing and, out yeah. just because the Astros offense yes. as a whole, I think, so so few people were willing to trust J.D. Martinez and Jose Altuve coming into the season that we're seeing it's a lot better than we imagined. They actually scored more runs in April than the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, they've been pretty decent. I mean, as a team, they're they're not doing that well right now. But, but they're yeah, not horrible. Off, but offensively, yeah, they're... A, they, a, might, they might not finish in last place, no, which is... <laughs> I, I thought they were going to be by far the worst team in baseball. So, yeah, that's saying something. Uh, but getting back to Schaefer... I still see him mostly as a speed specialist. The, he strikes out a lot for a speed guy, and he didn't hit in the minors once he got busted for PEDs. So I, I'm not willing. I'm not necessarily willing to trust this early season hot streak that has only yielded a 276 batting average. Still, the, you could see some use for him in Roto. Yeah, right there's now. there's use for him. Uh, Juan Pierre or Jordan Schaefer. I would go Schaefer because I trust the playing time more. And, and because Pierre really hasn't been running that much as much he, as he has been playing. Yeah, uh, Schaefer. Neuenheis or Schaefer? I, I have to go Schaefer now. Uh, I love Neuenheis. Yeah, but here's the <laughs> thing about Neuenheis. Andres Torres is back now, and, and while, <laughs> I, while I think they're both going to play most of the time, Scott Hairston, a lefty killer for most of his career, th- that's going to be a good excuse for them to bump Neuenheis out against the lefties again. Well, fine. 
You make good points. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take the other side of that because I like Neuenheis enough that I think he could work himself into a, a regular role, uh, maybe at the expense of, of Andres Torres. And I, I do like his upside a lot better than Schaefer's. So I think I, particularly in a league that wasn't too deep, I think I'd take that risk. The Diamondbacks got five and two-thirds, three runs uh, out of Patrick Corbin, who won his major league debut. And Al, you get to say, you get to tell your grandkids one day, I saw Patrick Corbin's major league debut. Yep, uh, just like I can tell them. Uh, <laughs> you have high hopes for Corbin, huh? I don't know. Well, are going to know who they are. I just don't know if Al is going to have any good stories to tell, although he has <laughs> or, had like seven jobs. Or grandkids. Jobs. Yeah, yeah, or grandkids. So you can tell <laughs> someone's grandkids. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so now I can add that to the you know long, illustrious list of pitcher, uh, starting pitcher debuts I've seen uh, to add to Dennis Reyes oh. at Dodger Stadium. Wow. Uh, Reyes was more impressive. Of course, he didn't stick around <laughs> long as a starter, but uh, so maybe that doesn't bode well for Corbin. Yeah, Corbin, you know, didn't have a great line, and he was fortunate, I think, to strand some base runners uh, with a Marlins lineup that just they're, – they're getting they're getting opportunities, but they're just having a lot of problems scoring runs. So I think they maybe made Corbin look a little better than he actually was. So we'll have to see. Who is encouraged with Hiroki Kuroda? I'm encouraged – uh, this has been a couple good starts. Oh, I see it right here in the notes. Two pretty good starts in a row. Yes, sir. Look, look Texas at... last week and Baltimore this week. And I, uh, yeah, no, that's encouraging. I, I feel like he's going to win a lot of games with the Yankees offense backing him. I was a little concerned with the move to the AL East as opposed to the NL West. But uh, I, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good if I own him right now. James McDonald struck out 10 Braves in seven and two-thirds. He allowed seven hits and three earned runs. Well, I know the stat in that line that sticks out to both Scott and me, seven and two-thirds <laughs> innings pitched. And I think yeah. that last start where he had the near no-no was the third time in his career he had gone more than seven. So this would make four and two back-to-back. I don't and know what it means. I, I strikeouts back-to-back. Yeah. The strikeouts aren't as surprising, though. I, I honestly make. Nothing out of this yet. Nicasio or McDonald? Nicasio. Hmm. I think I might go McDonald because <laughs> wow. of the strikeout edge. The Juan Nicasio debates today. You two cannot uh, cannot agree on that guy. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, Vance Worley. ERA is under two. Is he a stud? He had a nice outing against uh, Chicago. I keep coming up with reasons to not believe in Vance <laughs> Worley, and he keeps on uh, proving you wrong. Exactly right. So studs uh, taking it too far, I think. Yeah. Okay. Is he a? Uh, but is he a number three? He's 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 inching from number four to number three status. <laughs> I think in standard mixed leagues, he's a guy who I start, who I I I think I'd start in pretty much. I'm not going to say everyone, but almost all of his one start weeks. I'm to the point where I'm, I'm thinking Worley is a guy I'm going to start. <laughs> I am a Matt Latos owner, and somebody offers me Vance Worley no. for Latos. Yeah. You no. laugh heartily. Okay. Move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice try, Adam Azer. Uh, I think you guys <laughs> disagreed about Jeremy Hellickson coming into the year. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. And what do you guys think now about Mr. Hellickson, who's 3-0 and with a 2.51 ERA? I think he's having a season that's not unlike last year, which was not not a bad season. Uh, I just didn't buy it to its full extent. So, I mean, he's still a guy that 
I don't think I, I don't think I've left him out of a single top seventy yet. So I'm basically saying he's a guy you do start every week, but I also don't think I've put him in the top half of that top seventy. So I don't I'm not buying the rookie of the year, you know, number one, number two potential kind of thing for him just yet. I, I, the potential is there. I'm just not sure he's realizing it, even with the great ERAs that he puts up. Let me play Adam Azer here. <laughs> Are you going to go Vance Worley? Vance yeah. Worley or Jeremy Hellickson? <laughs> I was going to do that. Yeah. Ah, okay, and, and honestly, it depends on the matchups because I think uh, it's, it's very close. Wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Gun, is this, so this is gun to the head? Gun to the head. Gun to the head. Worley. <laughs> well, if somebody's putting a, a gun to your head over fantasy baseball, then I need things. to get a new job or you do. a new hobby or something. <laughs> we are playing Russian roulette right now, actually, on the podcast. So I, I, would says go, I, I would go Hellickson because I, I still trust the pedigree a little more. And, and yeah, a seven strikeout and seven inning performance, I, I feel like he's moving in the right direction as long as as far as the strikeouts go. <laughs> Mariners. Yeah. We yeah, have to subtract two from the total whenever it's the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, finally, Bud Norris is an interesting guy. He's owned in sixty seven percent of leagues. He started in forty three percent. You just you know what you're gonna get. He gave you a quality start yesterday, but he gives you strikeouts and really not much else. So do you do you guys start him in any leagues? Do you avoid him? I I think he's a guy you can start when it's a good one-start matchup or a two-start week because the strikeouts, uh, he's he's an underrated strikeout guy, if anything, and there is some inconsistency, but I think uh, Wandy Rodriguez and Bud Norris are the two Astros starting pitchers who are are genuinely mixed-league viable. All right. Uh, most added, most dropped now. We'll look at a few players on each list. Number one is Scott Downs, and he has two saves since Saturday. He got another one last night. So what are we thinking about Scott Downs? He's now up to 49% ownership. Uh, you know, Could he permanently be the closer? I, I, have, think, a, I yeah. have a really hard time seeing it. Um, I, I, he doesn't have the stuff of a closer. He's, he's old to be. Uh, made being made a closer and uh, past opportunities, his past opportunities to close were short lived. Uh, I feel like Walden, once he gets straightened out, and I'm confident he will. His stuff's good enough. He, he's still going to be the guy that Angels want pitching the ninth. It, it just it, it slots their whole bullpen better, and and they've have had bullpen troubles this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm more optimistic on Downs, and I. I was going to make a comparison between him and Brandon League because the way that you characterized him, I think, is a way you could have characterized League last year before he got the closer's job. But the difference that does make a difference, as you say, is that there is that Jordan Walden waiting in the wings, whereas with Ardsma out of the picture in Seattle last year, I mean, League didn't really didn't have a threat. That was a bad bullpen last year. Um, yeah. So, But still, that said... Uh, I could see Downs. I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but it wouldn't shock me to see Downs hold down this job the rest of the year. He's not a strikeout guy, but he's a very effective reliever, and he's showing that he can handle the role. And um, they don't seem to have – the Angels don't seem to have a lot of trust in Walton all offseason. No, they don't. So That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, number two on the most added list is Astros second baseman Jose Altuve. Is he, quote, or is he hashtag more legit than you think? He's owned in 88% of leagues now. 
well, that's pretty high, so maybe he's just as legit as you think. <laughs> but the point is he's legit. Okay. Uh, the only, the only, you look at his numbers, the only place where I think he's really exceeding expectations is batting average. And even that, I mean, he was a consistent 300 hitter in the minors. So I think he's going to be a good source of batting average. Uh, you, you just put all the contributions together. I know I, I know. I compare like half the players in the league to this guy, but the Shane Victorino of second baseman, <laughs> I, I think that comparison applies here again for Altuve. Number three on the most added list, Tommy Malone. He got lit up by the Red Sox. Should he be on the most drop list at this point, or are we okay with uh, this one bad start? Well, let's see. We have his, all right, so 63% owned. Mm -hmm. Yes, he should, not because there's anything wrong with Malone, but he has a two-start week this week that a lot of people liked. I liked it well enough to make him number 69 on the top 70 as a good uh, low-end ad this week. It hasn't panned out that way so far. But, um, yeah, no, he shouldn't be in 63% of leagues when he's got one start. Brian LaHare, number six on the most out of the Sorry, Scott. You want to get a word in there? Well, I, I just wanted to say he's the guy. I put in my claim for Hamill on the podcast league. I'm dropping Malone for him. Okay. So much transparency, I don't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian LaHare, number six on the most added list. Is he a sell-high candidate? Or do you think he's legit? I don't think he's a sell-high candidate because he, he's pretty low in the rankings still because of at bats. And it, assuming that's what people are looking at and not the percentages, he's, if anything, a buy-low candidate because if he continues to do what he's doing, he's going to start playing more against left-handers. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around on LaHare. Yeah, he homered again yesterday, right? I believe. Yeah, he did. Five yeah. now. Uh, so. He's going to have a big week because they face six righties. No. He's going to have a really good week, I think. Most drop list, number three, Jair Jurgens, who is in the minors, but he pitched well in his minor league AAA start. So Jair Jurgens is owned in 40% of leagues. Can we uh, maybe stash him, take a little shot on Jurgens or no? I wouldn't. Um, I, yeah, that seems, that seems kind of high to me. I, I think there's a good chance he could come back and be mixed league relevant again, but it, it, he doesn't seem worth the wait. Uh, number four on the most drop list, Delman Young. What do you guys think about Delman Young right now? Seven game suspension. The it's it's seven games from Major League Baseball, which is worth pointing out because it's possible the Tigers could punish him beyond this. They have him on the restricted list now. Uh, but is then it, it because yeah, it's possible they they oh, can do whatever the play, they want. The players <laughs> Union can't right. Um. Can't what I'm saying. Well, I saw something. I was reading some article that in the new collective bargaining agreement, it's like you can't double punish the guy, but maybe the team could. I don't know. I, I not that I know of. I'm not uh, saying they can't, but I not right. that I know of. All right. Well, I mean, he's on the restricted list, and I think you can you you can leave him on there for a long time. I mean, he has you know there there's legal issues related to this and yeah, whatever else. Zambrano was on the restricted yeah wasn't he on the restricted <laughs> list like two or three months last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like. But you know, it's then again, it's possible he could be in it back in a week, and this whole thing could blow over, and then you know maybe the fantasy owners who drafted him will be disappointed. I'm going to say they won't because I don't think he's particularly good as a player in the first place. Hasn't been hitting well. Not batting in front of Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder like we hoped. Doesn't walk, so he's going to kill you in head-to-head -head leagues. I, I just don't think he's that good. Would you drop him for Tyler Moore? I would not because I just think that Moore's – this is not Moore's shot. This is a, a stopgap uh, call-up for him, and he's not going to have long-term value. 
Number seven on the most drop list is Danny Duffy, down 13% to 34% ownership. I think that's probably just because he had a start skipped and, and people were concerned he wasn't going to come back, but it looks like he is just missing the one start. So, yeah, pick him up. That's, yeah, he's very under-owned. Number eight is Hector Santiago. Al, you have him in the podcast league, and you have not dropped him yet. No, he is, uh, I believe he's riding my bench this week. Yeah, because I've got uh, the wonderful Heath Bell in one of my RP slots, <laughs> and Daniel Bard uh, is back. My, my bullpen's just a mess in this league. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a shame. But, right, well, Santiago, uh, I mean, I guess I'm a little surprised to see that he's only owned in half our leagues. I am too, yeah. Uh, not that he's been terrific, but, you know, there aren't that many reliable closers right now, and if you've got a guy who, whose job doesn't seem to be threatened, although I did see Thornton got a save. Thornton got yeah. a save. Robin Ventura said... Santiago's still his guy in the ninth inning. He just liked the history Thornton had against the guys he was facing in the ninth, which, you know, Thornton has a lot of history against a lot of people, and I would assume with his career numbers, it's good history. So I, I, I kind of don't know that I buy that explanation completely, but he, he is still backing Santiago, it sounds like. Hector Santiago or Santiago Casilla? Did I do this yesterday? Battle of the Santiago's. Um, I, I think I'd actually go Casilla. Me too. I trust that more. And we will go to the emails, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Mike in Detroit says, well, Al's bullpen might be terrible, but he says, Al rules. So you've got a fan here. I think it's just because I just drop a lot of Detroit references probably. <laughs> oh, maybe. Dear Fantasy Baseball, chicken chow mein. We now have a Chinese food battle between the emailers. Yesterday we were sweet and sour <laughs> pork. Today we are chicken chow mein. Which of these players should I drop for Brian LaHare? Jason Kubel, Mike Avilas, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Nick Marcakis, 10-team head-to-head league. Who do we drop? Kubel, Avilas, Trout, Harper, Marcakis. I don't want to drop. Hmm. Do I really want to drop any of them for LaHare? It's, it's close. It's a close call for me. I think I might drop Kubel for LaHare, as hot as Kubel is right now, just because there's been... A lot of disappointment with Kubel over the last few years. Yeah, I was thinking Kubel a little bit. I was thinking more Avilas. If I were going to drop somebody, it would be Avilas. Um, you know, I probably would do that. I, I would feel confident that I could replace Avilas with somebody pretty comparable, especially in a 10-team league. Harold wants to know if it's time to panic. He's looking at his team, feels like it's halfway decent. Starting lineup is Napoli, Miguel Cabrera, Jamile Weeks, David Freeze, D. Gordon, Hunter Pence, Andrew McCutcheon, J.D. Martinez, and Nick Swisher. But he's in 12th place in a 14-team mixed roto league. I keep hearing you guys talk about regressing back toward the mean, and that's what I'm hoping for. But at what point of the season is it no longer a question? Is it progressing back to the mean when everybody's stinking? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, keep going. Yeah. uh, At what point in the season is it no longer a question of a slow start but a dud team? Well, I don't think this is a dud team. I think D. Gordon will be better. Um, I th- you know, McCutcheon will certainly be better. Is that the whole starting lineup, or is he just giving us his well, best players? If it's the whole starting lineup uh, in a fourteen-team league, that doesn't look bad to me at all. Yeah, it looks um, pretty good. And what's weird is Napoli freeze. Uh, Cabrera Cabrera's been hitting. Yeah, Cabrera's been yep. fine. So those three are doing, or are, are might actually be exceeding expectations. But I guess there's enough disappointment. And weeks will Jamal weeks will definitely 
pick things up. Too. So don't panic yet. I would I, say stick I, I it out. I would not. No, I'm 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 just a little. I am a little surprised it's 12th place. Maybe pitching has something to do with that, but uh, I I would stick it out with this team. James in Boston, rate my pitching staff one through ten. J.J. Putz and Brandon League, Verlander, Felix Hernandez, Steven Strasburg, Matt Latos, Johnny Cueto, Matt Moore. Uh, I would give it a. I don't know how pretty, many teams are in this league. That's the problem. That, that is a problem. <laughs> it, pretty high, though. I mean, I would say nine. Nine, <laughs> nine yeah. And there's consensus. And the only reason I'm not saying ten is because I think the. I, I I guess maybe uh, if Matt Latos was pitching great, I'd give it a ten. That's really the only thing holding me back. Gavin in Rome, he's a podcast leaguer. Is Juan Uribe worth a flyer? He's just one year removed from being one of the top RBI hitting third basemen. He's referring to 2010. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think um, 2010 was kind of an outlier over the scope of his whole career, and he's older now. He's he's pretty old in general, so I'm not that high on him. And last email from Dave Randolph in Cloverdale, California. Been enjoying the shows. Now I need help with a trade concerning prospects in a head-to-head 5x5 10-team keeper league. I would give up Billy Hamilton and get Nolan Arenado. I already own Zach Cozart, and I think he will block Hamilton at shortstop. Would Hamilton move to the outfield? Uh, what do you think? Should you give up Billy Hamilton for Nolan Arenado? I see it exactly the way that Dave does. Um, I don't know what the Reds could do with Hamilton because they've got Phillips uh, locked up long-term. Cozart, I, I mean, maybe they could trade Cozart, but I don't wouldn't bank on that. And he could wind up in the outfield where, where Hamilton could lose a lot of his value. And, and frankly, even with Hamilton at shortstop, I would still rather have uh, Arenado. So I like this. Okay. Everybody likes it. Because if they like it, I like it. Because I didn't even know who Billy Hamilton was. So prospects are hundred really steals bad. last year. And, wow! And oh, I know who Billy Hamilton and is. A ton this yeah, year too. Covering your track. No, no, I remember <laughs> we've talked about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's we a have. fast guy. Yeah. That was my mistake. Uh, okay, it's, it's such a common name, Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I know, right? It sounds like the little kid, the, the kid who grew up down the street, <laughs> little, little Billy, Billy Hamilton yeah. over there on the corner. <laughs> All right, we're done for today. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Send us your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. I expedited it. See you.